0: Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Voc Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at Voc Nation.
1: Now, before we get started, let's talk just for a second about patreon.com. Did you know that the beginning of the month is the best time to sign up for patreon.com/sexysephy? Let me tell you why. Because you're going to get all of my great exclusives this month when they come out on the nose. So, you don't want to miss that because there's so many great things going on on Patreon. And you're going to get everything that I've ever posted before as well. So make sure you go and check that out. Tiers start at only $2 and get more exclusives as you go up in the different tiers. So again, that's patreon.com slash If you want to follow along on Instagram and Twitter, you can, of course. It is at sassiesteppy on both of those. If you're watching on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to go and subscribe. And don't forget to hit that bell notification on YouTube if you are on your favorite podcast platform, which last week, let me tell you, my podcast went nuts. The wrestling Twitter and the wrestling websites got a hold of my Michael Tarver episode. And because of the stories that he shared, I mean, it went off the charts. I was so surprised. So I hope that many of you subscribed because subscribers are so important. But I also asked you guys, Please go rate and review Talking Stats. And one that I got this week happens to be from a female locker room. And it says, love this podcast. Just discovered it a few days ago and love that she has great background knowledge as well as some genuine friendships with her guests. Excited for more. And speaking of being excited for more, I have so many stellar guests lined up for you guys. I'm so excited. And that includes today's guest who is just another wonderful person that I'm so glad to have on the show. She is the second-ever woman to hold the Cruiserweight Championship. You've seen her in WCW. You've seen her in TNA. You've seen her in Shimmer and in Shine. She is one of the original Scream Queens. This is Daphne.
0: Yay!
1: Hey, Daphne. How are you? i have got How are you, Steffi? Good. It's so good to see you. I feel like I know the last time that I would have seen you would have probably been probably about five or six, maybe even seven years ago at Shine. No, it's been. Has it been, been five? It's been five. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew it, it's been yeah. some time. Uh huh. Yeah. So how have things been for you? Um. Well, I've had a lot of like,
2: um, like physical health problems. Um. I stepped away from Shine last time. I can probably say the down to the month. It was probably December of 2015 because that's the last time I did a Shine show. Okay. And Lexi was the manager, and I had I had been managing the All Star Squad, Mm -hmm. and you know had everybody in there. And then we had a meeting, and I was like, "You guys, I'm like the the curtain jerker of my own company." I was like, "I want to like you know I want to." Uh, okay. So he repackaged me as a heel, and I tried to change my look and everything. And then um, we ended up from, from Luke Cox, We got Katie Forbes and Alana, Alana – oh, gosh. I can't, that's, I'm not i am not being rude. I just don't remember. Okay. And what we thought that their wrestling level was was not what they, they thought. So it was all good because Lexi, we ran in and, like, put – they put the – Somebody threw a table. I don't even remember. But then we went uh, we went and ran out the front and Lexi was like, Get out of here and don't come back And I said I went home and I looked in the mirror and I go, Don't worry, I'm not worry i am not not going oh. back and the last time I ever well it's just it's it's not that I'm like, Oh, I'm too fast, I'm I'm unhealthy, something's wrong. Yeah. You know, and so then when you're not healthy you can't perform right when you're you know, it's hard enough having to fight your own brain, but then me having to fight my own body, I'm finding I didn't think there would be anything more difficult than learning how to function on a high level with a mental illness where the physical struggles are. Whew, I have an appointment with a functional medicine doctor on Monday, Lace Face. Was, I was talking to her and she's like, See if it's covered by your insurance. And I found out, and her birthday is the 27th of April and I'm going on the 26th. Oh, so. Wow. But it's, yeah, because it was like that happened. I just started to blow up, gain weight, got big, and then my neck broke. Mm
0: -hmm. So then
2: that was like a whole other, and then I moved. Then I started to have a lot of hormonal problems. I went into perimenopause at 38.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah. And then when I came back to Atlanta, they were like, they didn't even diagnose it down in St. Pete. Tampa. They never. They just. Kept, they just. Kept saying, You're just getting overweight. You're just need to diet and exercise. And I was working out every day. And I just kept. So um. Then when I came up to Atlanta, a holistic doctor said, you're in full blown menopause and you went through perimenopause and that and you have no thyroid and da da da, da. So oh, I got back on some medicine for that. Yeah, that's why I kind of like have been way and I started to get better. And I did a couple WrestleCons. Mm-hmm. I did a couple seminars. And then everything started getting bad again. And um, then I had postmenopausal issues, had postmenopausal bleeding that was diagnosed at the beginning of the past- last year, before mm-hmm. like, over a year ago. And I should have gotten it taken care of. And I waited all the way until September. And by then, she had to just like gut me and take
1: everything Oh, my out. goodness.
2: So there's like, there's thyroid. Some doctors say my thyroid is completely wrong, and then some say there's nothing wrong with it. So, yeah, that's why I, this new it's called functional medicine. Thank thank God for Lace Face. Yeah, um, she's so smart because I'm like I'm like, do you think acupuncture will? Help? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. you know, she's a doctor, right? And, and yeah. yeah, yeah, So I'm like, well, what? And she she said, try to find a doctor that will do that. But that's the most my point is coming to is that is the reason why I haven't seen a lot of people um I turned down interviews for the longest time because I was ashamed of the way that I looked and um I just I felt like I was just sitting there what life was just passing by so it was really hard and now
1: I mean nothing's really changed except for I just don't really care anymore (laughs) Oh, but I mean, such an amazing, like, from the instant I met you, and I know that you want to tell that story, so we'll we'll hold off on telling this story, but from the instant that I met you, like, you have always been just this glowing personality, no matter what's going on in the world, and I know, like, you've already mentioned you've had, you know, some mental health issues, but like, from the outside of people that just know you, like, because I mean, obviously, it's been a while since we've seen each other, we don't see each other every day. Like, I always see you as just this beautiful, bright personality all the time. You know what I mean? Well, thank you. And by the way, Like you see people
2: at their best. Yeah. You know, at their worst yeah. is when you're. So uh, thank you. I like to uh, always was was kind of like the ham in the room. I was always trying mm-hmm. to make people laugh and stuff. I just I don't know. It's just how I am. <laughs> get rid, so people feel more comfortable. You know, get get a little laugh. Like it's okay. You can joke around with me. Yeah. That's, and and on top which of is that, why I think. I'm sorry, what?
1: Oh, not just that you are a personality either. I mean, you, honest to God, are like one of the nicest people because I know for Shine, it would be like five o'clock in the morning and you're inviting people over just to stay the night at your house to get a couple hours rest before they get back out on the road. I mean, you didn't just do this with me. I'm talking lots and lots and lots of people. I mean, you are one of the most giving and caring people. Oh, thank you. No.
2: It was one of my, um, I mean, well, that was how it started. In fact, I did a Twitch stream earlier. I don't have, I have a a channel, but I haven't like done much with it. I've just kind of mm-hmm. poked around and like, I've watched AK stream a little bit, watched Leva a little bit, watched Thea a little bit, watched uh, Marty the Moth a little bit. And uh, I'll get on there and I'll just start talking. And somebody said, yeah, well, well do you think you'll ever go to Shine? And I go, are you serious, dude? I was like, I started Shine. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy was like, mind blown. I was like, yeah, bro. But no, so it started off with me and Sal.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I went to the, we went to WrestleCon when WrestleMania was in Miami. And that was in 2012.
1: Yeah, I, I was there. I remember that. Yeah, we, that's when we
2: roomed together.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Do and you that, remember the idea of Shine came in?
2: <laughs> no, that was just me and Sal, him, like, I hadn't seen him in a long time, I hadn't seen anybody in a long time, I was still really, really concussed, I don't know if you remember, we took a picture, and, um, but I slept next to you, but I mean, I was like, I was freezing in the room, and we didn't, like, have any blankets, Yeah. and it was expensive as hell, and, um, but then, and I was still really out of it, I was... So concussed, I had spent so long on my couch, like I couldn't even drive or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, so he just said, "I said, oh, I missed it, man." He goes, "Hey, I, I, I was thinking about starting a women's company. Do you want? I want to talk to you about it because we'd worked on projects before. Mm-hmm. And so then we started talking more and more. And I go, you know, I've been kind of out of the loop for the past year or so with my. Let's bring in Lexi.
0: And oh, so yes. then like they. The and best.
2: So and I, I apologize, Lexi, <laughs> <laughs> because it was just—it was fun for like the first year and a half. Mm-hmm. Because Lexi just went ahead and took over the travel stuff because it made sense. Because booking the girls for Shine and then what she was going to do for Custom the next day, and that's how my house is just was like the Shine house, yeah, or the Daff Cave or whoever. She would she would just tell me each month who she needed, how many. Can you take five? Yes, yeah, six? Sure. Sure, uh, whoever someone can sleep in the bed with me. And then um, the last shine before I sold that house, Leo had moved out, and we had 15 girls. Wow, that's the a packed house. That's on on my YouTube channel. If you're on Sassy's YouTube channel, you'll see uh, back. Meanwhile, da- back at the DAF Cave, and we did a Harlem Shake video. And it's got all. It's all the internationals are in it. It's crazy. But yeah, so I'm sorry. I don't know why. I just, I just oh no, just that's cool. that. it's actually
1: think. funny that you mentioned that because even at Shimmer and at Shine, there was like different groups of girls. Like you call the international girls, it would be like the yeah. Australia girls, the British girl, uh, the British girls. And then like me, Nevea, Jess were always the Ohio girls. And sometimes even Allison K, even though she's not from Ohio, was was grouped into that group as well.
2: So, I, would I mean, Say it's Midwest
1: because everybody has their own little cliques and you just call them by from where yes. they're from. <laughs> yes. It wasn't. Were you, you guys the Midwest Mafia? Midwest Militia.
2: Militia. Yeah, Sorry. Midwest. I knew it was. So I used to say one of the Midwesterner girls. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, it, but it, it pertained to not just you three it was Like
1: yeah, it was Midwesterner Midwesterners. that came from that area yeah. for, that's sure. That's for sure. For sure. Well, let's go back. Let's talk even before wrestling, because like I told you before, there was two things I didn't know about you, oh. and I was really surprised by. And you weren't even born in the United States.
2: No, no. I was Army brat. In- Air Force. Air Force. So, um,
1: I saw in- Army, but Air Force. Okay, Air nah. Force brat.
2: Yeah, he's um, – my dad was in the military for 21 years, and uh, it's really sad. I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, what do you say for Air Force? Yeah. like, Army, it's hoorah. Uh, Marines is Semper Fi. Um, What, what is – I don't even yeah, know. what. Our Air Force, sure, what do you say, Aim that. High? I don't know what it what what is, but anyway, yes. And I was born uh, in Wiesbaden on um, the air force base there and my brother was as well i have one older brother and um we moved all around the united states mm-hmm. you know whatever kind of like i was born to do this because i moved, didn't live anywhere longer than like two years mm-hmm. and then he retired to um atlanta so um but we while we were um still in the military we went and we lived and i lived in england it would have been equivalent to second third and fourth grade and mm-hmm. then I lived in, back in Germany, not in Wiesbaden, but at Ramstein for fifth and sixth grade. So I spent a lot of my childhood growing up overseas.
1: Can you speak so, any of the German language?
0: Oh, I,
2: I just like your typical, like, you know, how to say thank you and please and where's the bathroom or just like a few things. Um, but uh, I could do the accents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: awesome. uh, no. I just, um, there, a lot of, when I lived over there, I mean, it was a long, it was 87 when we moved back over to Mm -hmm. Atlanta, and I was in seventh grade, yeah, that's right, so um, a lot of people in Germany spoke, and we lived on the Air Force Base, so, you know, we had all that stuff, but.
1: Well, that, to me, like, I think traveling the world at such a young age like that, even though you're, I mean, mostly on the military base, you're probably going to school and everything there on the, on the base but that has to be, like, the best education in the world because you're not just getting, like, your in-school education. You're learning about history outside when you're visiting the different cities. You're seeing different perspectives of the world. Is that, would you say that's a fact for you? I kind of – it was, like, forced upon me.
2: And, and me and my brother were like, I don't want to go to Shakespeare's house. I don't want to go to Windsor. I don't want to watch the Changing of the Guard. But I've done all those things. I've been yeah. to Scotland. I've been to Glasgow. I've, I've been to Edinburgh. I've been to uh, Wales. I've been to uh, – I always do, like, uh, a Nicky Starham, because when I say I've been to Scotland, I go, oh, Nicky. I love Nicky Starm. She's so great.
0: Oh, and I mother. love – we
2: went to – though, know, honestly. I love her. And we went to Loch Lomond. Um, my last name is My shoot last name is Spruill is uh, from the McFarlane clan, and they're from Loch Lomond. And so we drove up in a caravan and stayed over there when we lived in England. So when we lived overseas, um, we, like, I went to the Black Forest. We bought a cuckoo clock. I went to the Hoffra house and had a sip of beer out of these big mugs. The Hopper House is this famous beer house, and if you take, like, all these big pints, the women will just, and then they, like, like five a piece, and they're all really strong. And my mom and dad, they're like, okay, have a sip. So, you <laughs> just had, like, a little sip, like, ooh. So, <clears throat> I'm glad that they did that, and at the time, it was like pulling teeth to get you out the door, but once you were there, you're like, oh, look at that, it's so
0: cool, all
2: right. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, I... um. I'm glad I got to see, you know, we went to to Northern Italy for some soccer tournaments. I got to see some Italy. Um, But, yeah, I mean, because some people don't have, some people, I mean, I'm like, you've never been on a plane? What? I don't, does not compute, you know. Yeah. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's crazy because I was actually, I've had this discussion with my husband a gazillion times I said Mm -hmm. a lot of people in the United States they never leave the United States because you have beaches you have mountains you pretty much have everything you need in one country that you don't need to to go outside and of course that's a naive way of thinking but it's the way a lot of people think but then like me I've traveled to England I've been to Greece I've been to all these places and I'm just like the history is so rich outside of the United States because considering I mean the U.S. is a young country compared to, like, you know, England, for example, and it's just, it's brilliant. I think traveling is the best way to learn anything, because you're so interested in everything that's going on. Yeah, it's always nice to meet new people. I mean, I was already kind of in my own little lockdown
2: for health reasons, where I Mm -hmm. wasn't kind of limited, and then when the actual lockdown happened, it kind of made you realize how much you miss just, Oh, I think I'm going to go visit here one day, you know. Um, it's just – I don't know. Now things hopefully will open back up, but it is. It's, I, I want to go – it's kind of weird, but I want to go drive through a redwood tree tree. Go oh, to California. Okay. You know, yes. there's like a place where you can drive through. I think it costs money now, but I don't care. Sure, yeah. save the trees, please. I want to
1: – I don't know why that's like my next holiday I want to do, but – That's awesome. (laughs) That's really awesome. (laughs) I would love to see the Redwoods too. Like I've been to California, I don't know, a bunch of times, but it's always been in the big city. It's always been in San Francisco and in L.A. And then it's usually like, okay, I'm in, I'm out, goodbye. Like there's not really – the one time I went to San Francisco, it was the day the world was supposed to um, just like explode, I guess, according to the Mayan calendar. The world was coming to an end. Wasn't that like
2: 2012 or something? Yeah,
1: it was May something, 2012. And uh, there was all these end-of-the-world parties going on. So, like, (laughs) the guy who drove me from the airport, he was like, you got to see all this stuff that's going on. So, like, drove me around. And I was like, (laughs) this is freaking bonkers. (laughs) But I got to see Alcatraz from far away and the Golden Great Bridge on the way to the show. So I was happy because, like, well, Alcatraz, I'm a huge fan of ghosts. And mm. all that kind of stuff. I'm into the paranormal diehard. I don't know if you remember that at all. And I didn't remember that fact about you, but uh, should because I am too.
2: Oh. Oh so we, no. we can have some conversations. Uh my <laughs> my sister in law, the lady that lives across the street, uh uh-huh. her husband has, has had a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. So she to to then he's like, I'm gonna haunt you and they would joke about it. I and mean, he wasn't being a jerk, you know, he, yeah. he'd be like, oh, I'm gonna come back and haunt you. And he's like, it's going to be them, like, charity. And ever since, like, he passed on everything, every once in a while, there'll be, like, a flicker or something. And Amy, like, she's been on the phone with her, and she'll go, Daryl? I should... <laughs> <laughs> something happens. And I came home from that trip, and I shit you not. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. Oh, that's okay. I was, <laughs> I was sitting here in the hallway right outside my door, and – something flickered, and Hazel, my dog, ran out in the hallway. She was like, oh. And it did it again, and you could tell she wasn't trying to go downstairs. She wasn't trying to go into Dana's room. She was was in the middle of the hallway like this, and it flickered one more time, and she quit and came in there, and I was like, I called Amy, my sister-in-law. I was like, I think Daryl followed me back home. (laughs) (laughs) It was so... I had goosebumps that Sassy I had. I mean, I was like, He's, he's saying, like, thank you, or he said, it wasn't bad vibes, it was yeah. good vibes. Well, that's totally good vibes.
1: So many people, there's such a negative connotation to ghosts and the paranormal, because everybody's used to seeing these horror movies where it's all evil. But, like, if you go in, like, when I used to do ghost hunts a lot, I went to one where there was a Wiccan who came in, and she gave us all these little, like, bags of, um like, sage and... All these different—I uh, forget what it's called exactly. Anyway, she gave us a little bag of, of these things, and like it had a poem on it, and like so I took that poem and modified it, like basically like, hey, I'm here to just learn about you. I'm not here to hurt you or destroy you. I want to learn. Like I'm, you know, I'm passionate about finding out what's going on and if there is an afterlife kind of thing. And I've never had a negative situation ever. So and I That's like, awesome. yeah. So I've done that tons of times and. So all the negative stuff that people talk about, if you invite it in, like, obviously you'll see TV shows where they're like, oh, somebody just scratched me. Well, yeah, but you're provoking them. Like, you're being a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you expect? If you're a jerk to me in real life, I'm going to punch you or scratch you or whatever. <laughs> so why wouldn't I do it in the afterlife? Exactly. Trip so, you yeah. up. It, it, it's all in your own perspective. And, you know, you, you create your own... Um, your own aura and your own energy and they feed off of it basically is the way I look at it. But that's a whole nother bug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've talked about
1: that for hours. In fact, I want to have on, I have some friends on some of those TV shows and stuff that I want to have on, but because of their TV schedule, they're just so damn busy. It's like ghost, impossible. Ghost
2: adventures.
1: Yeah. I, I exactly. met all of them back in the day. I actually did a um, ghost hunt with them.
0: Uh, did you really?
1: Yeah. It was awesome. Oh. Not, not a TV one. It was like a convention, but, like, you did overnight. Yeah. It was awesome. I have pictures with all of them. It was amazing. I used to have a crush on the one
2: camera guy that got married, and then he ended up getting divorced. I watched it that many seasons in a row. Wow. I, I watched Zach get all buff, and then, like, why would he do his hair like that? Like, what, who told him that his hair looked good? He's, he was cuter when he didn't do that, but he had, he had a good
1: physique. Yeah. And I can't, the other guy was cool, but for some reason I had a, I thought the one camera guy was kind of cute. Well, it was funny because when I went to that convention, I was following all of them on uh, Twitter. And I was the spirit champion at WSU at the time. So I actually DM'd one of them like, I'm coming to see you guys and I'm the spirit champion. Woo! i like just so totally cheesy, totally marking out like a little bitch, you know? And like he actually like he came out like walking around the fans and stuff like before we even went inside before the place was open, and like he was like, "Oh, you're the wrestler chick," and I was like, "This is the best day of my life" at that point in time because I was so hardcore into it. But like I said, I awesome. another podcast. <laughs> oh, we can keep going. Yeah. This is good stuff, man. Uh, you got to meet him. I will tell you I'm all so about jealous. it later. I
2: wanted to meet him,
1: man. Oh. <laughs> I was was actually happy, but I heard he got a divorce. (laughs) I was, like I said, I was totally fangirl. I would have been, too. Above and beyond. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been, too. It's fun being a fan, you know? And even wrestling, like, people always ask me, like, you know, are you always going to be, I'm like, look, even though I wrestle, I know all the bullshit that happens backstage, the stuff you don't see, that kind of stuff, like, I'm still a fan. I will always be a fan. I was a little kid that watched it. I was a teenager that watched it. I was in my 20s and I watched it. I was wrestling. And now I'm doing a wrestling podcast. So I will always be a fan no matter what. Like, it's just the bottom line for me. Mm -hmm. But it's hard nowadays because they have wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I'm like, how am I supposed to record a (laughs) podcast now? (laughs) I (laughs) want to watch all of it. Yeah. Well, see that I'm I'm, being, I'm talking
2: about being a fan of something other than wrestling. Yeah. Oh, I, right. enjoy, I mean, yeah. And me, I'm the other way. I don't watch any of it. Yeah. I, I I just find through my friends. I just kind of and occasionally I'm like, ugh. But I like I mean just fan going out for the Ghost Adventure guys. I would have been like, <laughs> can I have your autograph? Man, oh, man can
1: I take
0: a picture <laughs> with you?
1: I totally would have worked. It's more. crazy when like you know, you go from wrestling into another, like, I guess, fan situation. Like, you know, you're used to having fans, like, talking to you, and then you go and you're like,
0: <gasps> oh, my God.
1: But let's talk more about you
0: and everything oh, we have man. to
1: done Because <laughs> the second thing that I did not know about you, and around this time I was in high school, so that probably explains it because I was not, like, I was I was hardcore into wrestling, but I wasn't watching it like all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And you actually wrestled Miss Elizabeth <laughs> yeah. on WCW. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm correct on this, because I saw, I read this too, you like basically like answered an ad in the paper or something for WCW tryout.
2: <laughs> no, that's what my character did.
1: But oh, that's okay. not, yeah, that's what my character did. People think that that's legitimately, but
2: I mean, yeah. it, honestly, Sassy, it might as well have been because it oh, was really? an act, it was a it was a call for an audition for someone to play a crazy stalker woman to stalk David Flair. And I just so happened at the time to be dating Rob Progo, who actually called me today, I needed to call him back. We dated for a while mm-hmm. when I first and we watched wrestling together and I had watched it when I was younger. And so, um I had gotten my bachelor's degree in film and video production mm-hmm. because, and I minored in music because I played the cello, and acting because I knew if I, uh, the likelihood of making it in front of the camera was so small that if I could maybe at least work behind the camera. Right. So I did some things like that, and I worked as a production coordinator and a teleprompter operator, and that's where and Rob's an actor, a big actor here in um, in Atlanta, and um, <clears throat> then finally. One of the ladies that I used to get all our talent from, Houghton Talent, she says, well, you're freelance now. Do you want me to send you on some auditions? She's like, "I'll I'll rep you. Yeah. And so I did a couple of, like, Georgia Lottery commercials. I did did more voiceover work. Mm -hmm. I did one small little student film or indie film. I can't remember. And then they're like, will you fly to Milwaukee and do an on-site audition for WCW? And I was like, Sure. You know, and so it's, it, they they flew me and another girl to Milwaukee, and we just went and sat in catering. And I and so yeah, and so I, and walked the one of the Harris brothers, and I'm like, oh my god, you know. And I'm sitting, we're sitting off over by kind of like ourselves because there, mm-hmm. there wasn't very many people, in, but then all these people get sting comes in, you know, like oh no, I'm just going, oh my god, and uh, they came over. And uh, Craig Leathers is the executive producer. I'm, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He said, um, so we need someone to, like, uh, kind of like, act, be crazy and kind of stalk uh, David. Cause he's been, and I go, oh, like he's been stalking Kimberly? And his face. Like, I knew I was the actress that's being hired, and I know what's going on. And I'm, right? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And so his eye, and I just, I, in my head, I go, I've got it. I've got it. I know I've got it. Think they're going to pick me. The other woman was really nice. She just looked a little more mom-like.
0: Mm-hmm. I had like
2: a tank top and I had my tag. My tattoo was out,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know. So they came back and they said, "Okay, we're going to go with you. Your name's going to be Daphne Unger." And I was like, "Okay." I said, "Can we spell it with two Fs?" And uh, I don't know. No, I didn't figure that out till the next time. So when they finally put my name and we yeah. spelled it anyway. But um, so. They were like, okay, stay here, we're going to – and she left, and then Hacksaw came over and was like, hey, wh- how are you? What's your name? And started talking to me, and then I looked over, and there was a hair spreader sitting across from me and a hair spreader sitting over there, and I was doing this. I was like, what? And I was like, oh. So I was like meeting all these people for the first time yeah. in catering, and it was just – like I said, it was the most bizarre Crazy experience. So um, I was always an athlete. I always played soccer, and I was a goalie, and I had to have no fear about jumping off of stuff. And then I'm an actress, so it kind of worked out well for me because my acting got me in the door, and then my willingness to, within two weeks, say, can I come to the power plant and -hmm. go there every day? And who was there? Nora, Hall of Fame, first person I ever got in the ring with. She's the first girl I ever got in the ring with.
1: Well, she was I at know, the power plant. I she, was, I I know she was had just her on the, the- podcast recently, <laughs> and she was talking about how she was at the power plant and how she really liked the training of other girls' aspect. Like, she didn't care if you were an actress coming in or a model or whatever. She really liked that that side of wrestling. So that's awesome that you got to experience that with Nora because she's just the sweetest. I have my notebook. It's a Wonder Woman notebook, and it says 210-00.
2: So that was the me and her and the ring It's like drop toll hold. Like all like the names of all the moves that I've learned that I know. Wow, and then like come back spots. So oh, that's well with my seminar this weekend, my I I have always a list of things and I want people they bring a notebook and a pen. Don't just think, yes. Oh, I can take it in my phone. No. Bring yeah, a notebook and a pen. Better.
1: But going back to this, this Miss Elizabeth match, how oh do you yeah, have Sorry. a lot of training at that point because I mean, if I went back and watched the match when I first saw it, and I was like, "What? This is crazy!" But I mean, you guys literally had like 35 seconds before Medusa and and Molly came in, or Nora or Mona, however you want to yeah. it at that time.
2: <laughs> I think I usually say Nora because I yeah. you know, she was Miss Madness, Miss
1: you Mrs. know. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs>
2: mighty molly molly Molly. (laughs) oh um but yeah that was like a kind of a little bit of a of a a sore spot was when they released that that series dark side of the ring Mm -hmm. and they released the the match made in heaven with randy and did you watch it i didn't i don't get it here unfortunately um they they say uh The main people that are interviewed for that episode are Mm -hmm. Eric Bischoff, Bruce Prichard, and Scott Hall. None of them were there at that time at WCW. And they say, yeah, she is the first lady of wrestling because she made it. She was an actual superstar, and she never had a match. Yeah, and I if I would have had something in my hand that I wouldn't have minded an extra two grand for a TV. I mean, I almost threw something at the TV. I start, I was like, No! How dare you? How dare they disrespect her like that? Yeah. They the reason why, which I will tell you the story, and I'll keep yeah, it short. Sure. The reason why it, they say it, it goes WCW. You know, she's dating Lex. Um, they they don't. To go into this much detail, but uh, Lex had her in an apartment at Main Event Fitness in Marietta, and um, like right around there, that was his gym that he owned with Sting. And mm-hmm. me and my ex-husband Rich used to go work out, and I used to hang out with Miss Liz, and, and so I knew her very, very well. And um, they just talk about, oh, she was dating Lex. WCW folded. 911 call. And I was like, well, where's the part where for months? You guys made her come to TV, dress her in camos, and force her to work in the ring, and she was terrified.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. She was, she was absolutely
2: petrified. She's like Daph, because we we I used to go, and then we we'd go out to lunch or something. I mean, we we were friends. She would call me, we would talk, and um, so she's like Daph, they're making me actually have a match, and she's like, so I said I'll, if it's with Daphne, I'll you know. She'll try and keep on getting – so she's getting this crash course. Now, she's been in the business how many years at this point? Mm-hmm. She's never, ever done anything other than slap someone. Right. So we went down to the power plant just to – I told her, I said, I'll live – I'll run around and scream and yell and kill time, kill time, kill time, and then I'll just scream at you and do your slap, which – she, I could understand, Hulk Hogan came up to me, he goes, that paintbrush hurt, didn't it? <laughs> it, it did. Um, I, I, my jaw was like, I couldn't, if, if I bit hard, it kind of hurt for about two yeah. weeks. But she didn't knock it out. It just, it just got a, she just got me in like right there. Yeah. But I spinned all the way around, as you can see. I yeah. Spinned all the way around. And then she picks me up, and she gives me a hair bill, and then, like, that's really, I think, like, two of them or something? Yeah, I think two and of them. And I just literally,
0: yeah. like, Ugh.
1: Yeah. She, we had to, two days. We went over that two days. Wow! And because she, then she, had she like literally Deuce and and Mona come out. Well,
2: oh well, then that, that we had to do last minute. Then once we were at the arena, oh she yeah, she wanted me out there with her. Yes, yes. And Deuce, I love Deuce. Um, and I, at this point, I feel like I, she was frustrated. There was no women's division. They weren't doing it. Why, why are they making Liz wrestle when she doesn't want to wrestle? Deuce wants to wrestle. Right. I want to wrestle. Molly wants to wrestle. Why can't we all have fun? You know, yeah. they brought in Sherry Martel for a couple dark matches. So, um, which I, you, I saw you, I popped when I saw your Sherry things.
1: Awesome. Yeah, she's, she's yes. my little angel on my shoulders. Even though I never met her, she's still my angel. I met her. I, I
2: almost almost got to I almost got to wrestle her and she unfortunately she passed away before the
1: date it was it was booked and everything. she actually it was it was 2007 and it was in June so I had had it was three months of me wrestling and then she passed and like the only time I was even remotely close to her like in the same building was I went to the the Hall of Fame in Chicago when she was inducted. So that's mm-hmm. the only time I was even in the vicinity of a Sensational Sherry, or else the world would know about it. I probably would never shut about shut up about it even now. <laughs> I saw her wrestle Deuce like to warm up the crowd. It wasn't even
2: part of the show, I don't think and uh, she came to the back, and she was she had this Polaroid picture, and she was like, this is my son. I got this in the mail. And I was like, oh, my God. She was just so nice to me. I forgot to ask her for a picture or her autograph. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, she's being booked at Russell Birmingham, and um, we were supposed to do – Robert Fuller, the Tennessee stud, was my manager, mm-hmm. and so she was going to come and try to steal him from me, and we were going to have a fight,
1: basically. Oh, that would have been fun. We did two
2: pre-tapes, and it was a it was a three, night a three event gig, like over three shows. We were, that's what we had her booked for. And I remember she'd just be like, "Oh, it's me and Fried Pie back together, Fried Pie." <laughs> so that was her pet name for Robert Fuller was Fried Pie. <laughs> so there you got
1: a funny little fun Sherry fact for you. <laughs> I love it. I love. I love when people actually come on and share their Sherry stories with me. There's, there's not a lot of people yet. Like, I know Shane talked a little bit. But, I mean, I love it because, like I said, I never got to personally meet her. But, like, I always ask, like, if I'm especially talking to somebody that she spent a good part of her career with, I'm always like, can you tell me a Sherry story? And I'm like a little kid in a candy store, like,
0: hey, thank you.
1: Oh, God. She was awesome. She yeah, awesome. I'm sure she was. Oh, oh I she wish she was I could have wrestled her. I'm sorry? I said she was to me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was so innovative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well before her time, obviously. But even mm-hmm. then, I mean, we're talking, she wrestled, what, the 70s, the 80s, even before women's wrestling was really on TV that much. I mean, you would have a match, but that would be about it. And Anyway, that's an – that's a whole nother story, too. <laughs> Let's talk about something else because I know that this was something that we talked about that we wanted to talk about. When you were with TNA mm-hmm. and you were in a dark match with, I think her name was Betsy at the time, you and got a bruised sternum, a stinger, and a concussion all in that one match. And then you were eventually, did you, you were let go at that point, right? A couple weeks later? No. No? Okay, tell me that story. Well, that's actually, like, my I just uh, posted it about it. And, and if you don't mind,
2: do you mind if I read it? Yeah, go for it. Um, That would be cool, because it was just the 11-year anniversary of this, because okay. I wrote this last year, and it came up, and I was like, oh, my God. Has it already been a year since I wrote all this? Because it was kind of. Last year was the 20th year anniversary for so many things for me, for mm-hmm. being the WCW Cruiserweight Champion. And oh, yeah,
1: second woman ever to hold it.
2: Yeah, and Deuce the first. Yep. And so then, and then, but my te- 10 year anniversary was that of me having my last match. Yeah. So it was like so bittersweet last year. And, you know, I mean, I was already in therapy, and I think everybody else joined in because it was just so chaotic. A decade ago, for 2010. So now it's 11 years. This match happened. It was the very last time I went through the curtain with my brain fully functioning. Not a day goes by that I don't dream about performing again. But it's just that, a dream. Protect your heads, youngin. And then I said, P.S., someone asked who this was and did she apologize? At the time, she was working as Rosie Mm Lottolove. Later, you know, she came to shine and she was Andrea. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So um, I said it was no one's fault. I said sometimes these things happen. She did call and check on me and talk about it. We never had heat. And I feel horrible that this event was extremely tough for us both, but in different ways. Years later, when she came back and I was running shine, we brought her in and her and I did a little scuffle. when I was managing the all -Star star squad. <clears throat> and she was so Calval's bodyguard. It was cool to show the world that we both had put that match behind us and could work as professionals, but also on a personal level, she is a very sweet person, and I wish her nothing but the best. Because people immediately, like, I put this match happened, you know, and I got hurt, and, like, it, it did seem like I was blaming her. It, well, well, it didn't seem like I was blaming her, but, but people were automatically, like, dogging on her, so I was, like, added this whole long PS section, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not the point why I'm doing that. I'm doing it to say, if you don't feel comfortable, just say no, you right. know. And um, what had happened was um, I have a my, – my left knee is, like, my real weak one. Mm-hmm. So if someone puts me in a tree of woe, you have to hook my right leg. You can't hook my left one because my knee can pop, pop, pop out.
0: Mm-hmm. And because
2: of her size, what I had planned to do was she put me in the tree of woe, I grab, I kick her, then I grab her, then I flip up around into she's in an inverted DDT. Okay. that makes sense? Like, yeah. walk up around. Yes. Thank you. I knew you'd understand. I guess, like, from so, Yes, Yes. but awesome. like From starting to starting, like, in that position. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So, that's what I was going to use as a finisher on her.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: uh, come out of nowhere. Well, then Bubba comes over, Bubba Ray, and says, uh... This is coming straight from Vince. Uh, we, we're gonna need you to put her over. Okay. Well. All right. Let's rethink how we're gonna do the psychology of this again. And no, no, no. I was like, we can still use that spot in there somewhere. Um, and then he's come. Bubba comes over again. At this point, Al Snow has tried to help us. Um, he's like, all right, call it to me. And we're calling it to him. And we're both so nervous. He's, ve- he's very, very intimidating. I. He intimidated me a lot. And um, so I wanted to do a good job. And he'd say, why are you guys going to do that? What's it?" And I was just like, uh, okay, well, I wanted him to just basically tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. So three times we'd come back and we'd lay it out a little bit. And he'd say, what? And so finally we both wore so much makeup. I mean, I wore all that TNA makeup. She had all that Rosie Love makeup. We're in the makeup room, like calling it to each other because we're first, you right. know, we, we, we're getting taped first. So still even at the go position, Bubba is like, Oh, do you do that? We should just do the Bubba Bomb. Now, I know what the Bubba Bomb is because I've seen him do it a million times. Mm-hmm. And I've never taken it from anybody. But I know the concept, and I know you're supposed to bridge out. And, I mean, I'm flexible as hell. You know, I can bend back. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, whenever we came to the spot, um, first of all, she was hooked the wrong leg. So you can hear me on the camera go,
0: other leg, other leg.
2: <laughs> and so she does the other leg and then we go, and then I was supposed to do sunset flip. So she, we can do the bubble bomb spot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm like, boom, she doesn't go down. I'm like sunset flip, boom, sunset flip, you know, finally it's her time. So I jump really far cause she had gotten, she had gotten herself knocked backwards. Okay. But so, so we were, a repositioning was off. So I'm actually in the very dead center, and her legs were, I couldn't get the bridge out of. So I said, if I lay here, she'll just do like the Yokozuna on Bret Hart, like jump up and then land on his feet, but look like he's sitting on me. Yeah. It's like she'll know to do that. <laughs> you know? And she's thinking, she's going to move out the way. So she can't. She just did, you know, legs up in the air, and all her weight came down on my chest. Mm. And so it was just, you know, like how you can't it's read minds. Yeah. It was just, it was miscommunicated. Well, I was supposed to move. That's why I, Bubba got. I, he was like, "You know, I saw, you didn't move out of the way." But I was stuck. I mean, if you look, if you see, it was like I, I couldn't, I couldn't wiggle out of it. And it wasn't good to do it cold for the first time in the ring. If he wanted us to do that spot, I would have practiced it with her. Right. The feel of it. But we had all this pressure. People were like, "We'll just say no. If you don't say no to Bubba Ray Dudley at the go position when you're wrestling a student that he's trying to get a job. I'm yeah. sorry, but you don't. <laughs> if you, if you want to have a future in the business, which, coincidentally, that was my last night that I ever – I don't even remember the end of that match. And it was a, um, a bruised sternum, a stinger, and then I couldn't feel anything from my waist down for about 15 minutes. Oh so we, we thought I was paralyzed. Yeah, they're like, go ahead and straighten your other leg like deaf. And I was like, and I looked, and, like, Terry Taylor was there, and, like, D-Lo, and, and, and I'm like, it's not moving, is it? And they were just, so they had to take off the bottom ring, the bottom rope of the ring, and then put me on a stretcher and carry me out.
1: Ooh, Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. after that, I mean, that caused, a lot of, of things that I want to go into. You had a workers comp with them for the um I wanna make sure that I wrote this right. Unsafe working situation that you were in at that time. Yeah, basically well it
2: was um I, I filed a workers comp claim
0: mm-hmm. because
2: I was trying to change the law. So right. I didn't file a lawsuit, didn't file a personal injury. But what you do is, you know, when you're on the job and you're a Carpenter, and you break your thumb uh, at work, oh, workers' comp. So if you're a wrestler and you get hurt at work, workers' comp. Right. Because we're not independent contractors. We're we employees. Did. Yeah. Which is why I fought it in court for two and a half years, and I came this close. But you have to go through the Department of Labor in Tennessee and Nashville, my headquarters, where they at. You have to file in a certain place. And I mean, they they, they did so many nasty stall tactics but my, the reason why – I could have filed a personal injury claim and probably personally gotten a lot of money,
0: mm-hmm. or
2: I went about it the other way and went through a workers' comp attorney to literally try to have a judge rule on whether we're considered employees or independent contractors. That would have happened. There would have been back taxes. It would have affected the WWE, mm-hmm. and um, it would have been a very expensive uh, decision. It would, change, it would have changed the law. It would have changed the whole so, business. I mean, so it would change everything. I, and I think that's what Kelly Klein is trying to do now. I know you and I were gonna try. To, I can I couldn't really find too much other research, but I think. She, I think she's trying to prove that we're employees and not independent contractors.
1: Well, from what I read on Kelly Klein, like I I knew her years and years and years and years ago because she's from the uh, Southern Ohio area, same area as Nevaeh, but um. She, She was let go while she was recovering from a post-concussion syndrome. And on Twitter, she said ROH refused to pay her a living wage and they don't have a concussion protocol and she was not allowed time off to heal properly. And she also filed an employment discrimination lawsuit based on pay and all that kind of stuff. So I think she is trying to change it a little bit. But I know when I had Angelina on – Earlier in the year, she was in January when I had her on, she said that uh, Chris Norwinski has actually gone to ROH and did like a seminar talking about uh, concussion protocols and whether or not they have one in practice, I have no idea, but at least they have him coming out. Have you ever thought about talking to Chris Norwinski about concussion protocols and all that kind of stuff too? Um,
2: before he was doing any of that, I guess it was 2011, Mm -hmm. uh, I reached out to him. So 10 years ago, I reached out to him. I signed up for the uh, Donate My Brain program at Boston University. Um, I I spoke to one of the doctors there. So when I die, I have a card in my wallet. My brain goes directly to to BU. And um, Boston, but Chris called me and we talked for a while. And um, I was, uh, people didn't know. What CTE was? I I was like chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and you know I'd say I've got this thing, and my brain is this protein, and you know that's that's how it was. It was ten years ago, so it was before all the helmet laws changed. Mm -hmm. It was such a long time ago. So I mean, I was part of the Legends program because uh, for for those study on CTE, because if you were a professional athlete, then they they keep you do a survey every year and they keep track of, like, how sharp you are and
0: wow. compared to someone
2: else. Yeah. So when you said, have you thought about talking about Chris
1: Lewinsky, I was like, yeah, I did, girl, 10 years ago. I know this brain's got to go to science. Someone's got to figure out what went wrong up here. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> been, I, like you said, this is 10 years ago now. There's been that movie that came out that talks about concussions. There's been, mm-hmm. I mean, lots of things, I think, have happened, like, you said the helmet laws and stuff like that. I know NFL's changed a lot of rules on, on helmet to helmet and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it definitely is a whole different world since then. So do you think that this is going to be the betterment for everybody in the end? I don't know the particulars of,
2: um, of her case. Mm-hmm. Um, I know mine, I, I wish I could have kept going. Yeah. Um. And I and I and I had this set of circumstances where, you know, if I, I it might have gone our way, who knows what would have happened. Right. But um, I just I wish that those similar set of circumstances will happen to someone else, so we can get it changed the way it needs to be changed. We need to have retirement benefits, so we don't get thrown out like the trash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean it's that was that was just you know. Crazy because that is exactly what happens, and then for someone like me who I gave everything I had to my sport, and then here I am, I need next extra journey to this well, I don't have anything put away everything right. is ten ninety nine and then you got to pay tax on poverty people I wish I could tell you guys how much I made in the year 2010 and and when Terry t- do you know that you made it? I'm like I'm barely above the poverty line so I'm beginning I mean really. Yeah, it's 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 sad. So it is very sad.
1: Oh, that's again. We could talk another podcast <laughs> about just the, the well. I mean, Kelly, from what I read, is is fighting for wage as well, saying that she got paid like four times less than some of her male uh, counterparts in ROH. But I'm not here to say you know what's gonna happen tonight because I mean that's that's true. But this gender
2: equality—that's equality, equality pay throughout uh, in the whole world, mm-hmm.
1: you know. But there are so some we... other stories that I want to share, some maybe <gasps> a little bit more uplifting stories. <laughs> and I know that you want to share, and I think this will be interesting to hear it from your point of view because I know it from my point of view how we actually met. Because this was probably what two thousand and six, seven.
2: When was your one?
1: When... I wasn't even wrestling yet. I don't even know if I was training at this point in time. I think it, you weren't. It was okay, so 2006. Then, we're we're then. talking this is 2005, early 2006 then.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it was, it, was, it was just the right amount of warm outside, so it was probably springtime.
1: Yeah, and, I think um, it was May,
2: maybe? May, maybe around there, yeah. Okay. And I think I drove up with David Young and Sharky and Norman Smiley, and the only other person I can really, really remember was um, SJK, Yeah. and um, she already was a huge fan of his, so it was cool to see him, then it was cool to see Sharky and Norman, and then I was involved in their match, I think, I think I was, was I Shark Girl and Daphne? I or think it was just Daphne, I don't remember Shark be. Girl at that point in time, Yeah. so I was just, so I was just being Daphne, being annoying. And the ring announcer, it was a really, it was a really good card, and it was a nice little venue, and they mm-hmm. had, you know, quite a few seats, and a lot of them were full, and people had signs, and um, it was a cool little layout. And the ring announcer was just fumbling over his words, and would just like kind of, and they wouldn't talk loud, they talked too loud, and just wasn't, like he was, or he would just be like he was reading, you know, mm-hmm. and. So, I think didn't, someone didn't have a sign for you already.
1: Oh, I don't, don't remember. Remember. I don't remember. Maybe. I mean, I I, remember. like I said, I wasn't even training at this point. I was just ring announcing at this point. So, I mean, maybe there was because the next show that they were having, I was taking over as ring announcer. But when they contacted me, they had already had this guy. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm just going to come down to the show and check it out just so I know what I'm basically getting myself into. Which literally, literally did I know? I was getting myself into something that day. <laughs> That's gonna
2: take over your life because literally like I mean I think we we're like three matches in. It's taken forever Everyone was annoyed at the ring announcer guy. He's saying the wrong thing at the end. He did all this stuff and so he goes get that stuffy girl from out of the crowd. And then uh, the. Other people running around with their cupboards and everything. She's like, she said she'll do it. All right, we'll keep going. So we're like, yeah. So I was back there going, go girl, you go. And then she rocked it. It was like I don't think you flubbed a word. You didn't look nervous. You, I mean, you looked a little bit, nervous, but you didn't look like overly nervous. So you, and you did a great you enunciation. Great, you know, like you did a, you like knocked it out the fricking. Oh, like,
1: especially from what I was covering for. So my recollection of the show is I was actually really nervous because this is the first show that I'm going to where, like, it's not just the local indie guys. Like, -hmm. you said David Young was there, Sharkboy was there, you were there, Norman Smiley. I mean, there was a lot of people on this card that were just, like, I'm, like, a little girl, like, coming in, like, oh, I really got myself into something here. But I remember the match that I got called, like, during – like you said, probably the third or fourth match. It was Shima Zion, which is now um, in NXT. And uh, he was so pissed because the guy mispronunciated his name after like 30 times telling him in the back, like how to actually say it. And Shima is not really that hard of a word to say. But anyway, I remember going to the back, somebody called me back, and they're like, can you please take over ring announcing? And one of the things, I was never, like, the best ring announcer. I'll put that out there. But, like, I tried hard. And one of my things was, if you're going to be in the ring doing ring announcing, you should at least be professional looking. So, like, I like to wear a dress or a pantsuit or or at least something decent. I'm not wearing jeans. And I just remember this guy – He was wearing jeans and, like, a, a, like, really big T-shirt and was, like, tripping over the ropes, too. Like, it was just awful. And I apologize if that guy is listening. I'm sorry, but I'm just dating facts here. And I I remember I came up to you guys, and you guys were going through your match, and I'm just like, holy crap, like, I'm going to meet Daphne right now. Like, I don't, even nowadays, like, the guy wrestlers, for the most part, don't impress me. Like, I'm, (laughs) obviously, you can tell by my podcast, I have, like, 70% 70% to 80% women on here, and not really the men. Like, there's a couple of people who impress me that are guys, especially if they're, they're bigger, bigger names. But like, I was like, I get to
0: see Daphne.
1: Like, I was so excited. So I'm glad I didn't appear nervous to you because I was shitting bricks. Like,
2: <laughs> but
1: you that. seemed you, you seemed the right amount of
2: nervous. Because I mean, because okay. I mean, I'm nervous. And when you quit getting nervous is when you quit. You know what I mean? But you were you weren't letting it control you. Yeah, you oh, know, no, you, like, you can't, can't at that you point should. in time. You, you, and, you, and you were able to do that and knock it out of the park, oh, which was very you. impressive. I, it's it's so clear in my mind, that memory. I can remember how I had my hair in pigtails. I, I, I remember everything.
1: Yeah, I remember you guys were, like, in, like, this little, like, side hallway, too, when I first met you guys. Like, I just remember, like, this enclosed spot when I met you guys. But I, Yeah, because I, I was the only
2: that. girl, so they gave me my own little space. Yeah. And then... When I, once I got changed because everybody was dumped in that that room, then they came over and invaded my room. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that. always <laughs>
1: <laughs> But another one of my favorite things, and this actually has nothing to do with me. This is like my favorite match of yours, and I like it was at Shimmer, and I loved it. Is you versus Cat Powers? <laughs> it was so funny because okay, obviously. Everybody knows Daphne has this, this bubbly personality and, like, just a jokester and a prankster. And Cat Powers was actually doing a gimmick where she was acting like a cat. So you come out with a ball of yarn and you're throwing it around the ring, and Cat's chasing it, like, sporadic. And oh my God. I don't think I've laughed at a match that I was watching live in person more than that. And it was spectacular. Thank you. It was very hard. I can it,
0: imagine.
2: No, no, it was very hard to get Jelly, or that's what I call Dave Prazak, because we used to do Commentator, and I was Peanut Butter, and he was Jelly. So yep. I'd be like, Jelly. He'd be like, what's up, PB? And I'm like, so do you know what Cat Power's original wrestling name was? Do you, do um, you know what it was? You, I, I know now. he changed it. No, her, well, her, she was like – Brittany, or Bet something, something, like two just regular American woman names. Yeah. And so we looked on the tag of her suitcase, and I was like, Catherine Powers. I was like, who's Catherine Powers? And she's like, I am. And i went, like, wait a minute. It is spelled with a C. I said, your name is Cat Powers. I was like, we're changing your name right now. We changed <laughs> her name. I don't remember if she was already doing the cat gimmick and we changed her name or she changed her name and the gimmick at the same time. I think she was already doing this like yeah. cat thing. And then I'm like, you got to be cat power. And I said, jelly, the next set of tapings, I want to do a few with cat power. And, um, can I use a ball of, a ball of yarn? And he says, if you bring a ball of yarn, then you can use it. And I'm like, fuck
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: and from then on, it was on. And, um, one of the coolest things, I think, like, um, fan wise is like one of somebody ended up having a ha- their handle be say, shimmy down meow. Yeah. That was the big promo of the like,
1: Cap power meow.
2: You need to shimmy down meow. And and so, and it's, just, it's such an aged joke for like my generation that watched the, the summer, the Summer or whatever, shimmer, shimmer down now. Yeah. But it just fit. And so you say, oh, shimmer, shimmer down. And she was so like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you gave her, I gave her, you know, you give her a little inch and she took the whole damn ball of yarn. You know what I mean? So That's the only thing we didn't think, is I didn't think it would get. It would keep unraveling and unraveling so much. So we did almost trip up in it a couple of times.
1: Oh, um, oh, but yeah. it was
2: fun to just pick it up and go, look, get on. Ah! And then she gets distracted like this. <laughs> and then you, you know, it was fun.
1: It was so it fun. Was. I it was.
0: And I that. was like,
1: I talk about this kind of frequently. There's not a lot of matches. Like I'm terrible, terrible at remembering matches or finishes or whatever, especially if I am not in the match. There are certain matches I remember and there's it's my my perspective and that's it and that match like I just I remember like all of it and I'm just like this is fantastic and honestly one of my favorite matches of all time just because I was so engaged in it watching it <laughs> backstage and just laughing my ass off legitimately. See, Dave always would he would always have to give me the comedy stuff cuz
2: he knew I could do it. Yeah. So I never got I never got a title shot. I never got a – but looking back, it's like not everybody can be a champion. So i yeah. got to, you know, take it where I can get it. And, and I think I made my mark when I was there, when I was able of to wrestle. It was fun. The last couple times I went to Shimmer, I was only able to manage. But it was still cool just being in that locker room. Yeah. There's nothing like it.
1: It isn't. And especially to see where a lot of the younger talent, especially at that time, have done in their careers now and where they are. It's just, it's fantastic. And I mean, I'm not the only person that says this, that, you know, the women's revolution or evolution, whatever you want to call it. And WWE really started with shimmer wrestling in Chicago and that tiny little Eagles club. The Eagles Nest in Bourbon, Illinois. I miss that place so much. Me, too. I'll go I back. I like pictures back. from there, and I'm just like, oh, I re- I can like tell you the ups and downs and the backwards and everything of that building, just because it's so small, but it's oh, yeah. such a like great place to be and be a part of what happened in that building. It's like our ECW arena. It really is for women's yeah. wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, definitely. because and,
2: and I agree with that too, because. Like, and again, this is not me trying to put myself over. It's just you, when people think, oh, oh, the women's revolution started when WWE decided to get rid of the divas belt. Mm-hmm. Or is it whenever they decided to make a, you know, an actual women's championship and try to say they were going to take it serious. Mm-hmm. And that year, Charlotte Flair did a moonsault to the outside. I think it was a three-way match. Probably. Both of them. But, so that was the first time she'd ever done it on TV. You know, it was like,
0: whoa, oh my God,
2: moonsault to the outside, women's wrestling is here. And I'm thinking, hmm, Hamada's debut match in the middle of 2010, she moonsaulted me to the outside through a table. Mm -hmm. Oh, that wasn't the beginning of the women's revolution? Oh, you know, it's like, no. You know what I mean? It's like they don't realize. And then that Five, six, seven years, or five years before that, Shimmer was starting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So they don't, you know, and then Deuce did her bit. She would go to Japan and mm-hmm. uh, Medusa did.
1: So, but I think, I really think the start of it is like Shimmer. I do too. I mean, of course, you have the women who paved the way. You have mm. your Medusa's, you have your sensational Sherry's, and no matter what you think about Mula, she's part of it too. But it wasn't where it was taken seriously by us women. Men didn't really take it as seriously. And I think in 2005 when Dave started Shimmer, I don't think he thought it was going to evolve into what it did. I would love to have Dave on here. If I could get Dave Prazak on my podcast, that would be the day. I don't, <sighs> text him. I don't think he's ever done it. You know what? I am going to bug him. I'm writing it down right now. I am going to email him and never give up until I get him on
2: here. <laughs> I, I hear you.
1: He's a I'm, he's a he's an introvert. But yeah, I love him to death. Yeah, well, everybody does. I mean, like Genius. I said, he is basically the godfather of, of women's wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the WWE roster, NXT roster, Impact roster, a few women from AEW, not a, not as many as WWE in, in Impact and stuff like that. I mean, a good majority. Of them at least passed through the Shimmer doors once. And we're even talking about Beth Phoenix, who's retired and doing commentary. We're talking about Natty, who has been with WWE for what, 10 plus years now, I believe?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, a, a lot
1: of the women have at least graced that door at least once. And then you get t- talking about Bailey. Bailey was there for quite a long time. Uh, fortunately, Sasha and Charlotte never came through Shimmer, but that's okay because we also have Becky Lynch, who is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man. I mean, she is what really... I think in the last probably four or five years, the way that it was re-evaluated in wrestling is because of her, mostly, because of just the impact that she had when she was doing the whole man character. Mm. But anyway, yeah. I I, guess.
2: No, I mean, it's, it's true. Like People, people don't realize... Um, that I mean I have the Shimmer roster calendar and I mean it's got um the, yeah she was the Victoria Knox. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that right? Rebecca Knox. Oh she was Rebecca, yeah Rebecca Knox, that's right. And um and all the people that are on there, um uh, just like Delray and who's you know our first shimmer ever for the first ever shimmer champion and also yeah. the head so that's who they pick, hand pick to train their women. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of speaks to itself right there. <laughs> yeah, I
1: actually got to wrestle Del Rey. I think a month before mm-hmm. she was officially gone, like she had like a couple of days left, and I was one of those within that time frame. And I like, I mean, I can't. I I wrestled her probably ten, fifteen times and tagged with her a couple of times. I mean the lessons I learned as a seriously green person in the wrestling business at that time is just, there's, there's no, I mean, she pushed me out of my limits. I was super green, like I said, and just, you know, I learned so much in that little five, 10, 15 minute matches that I had with her. Like, I really wish like I had more of those matches on like DVD or online or something that I could find. Cause I, they're, I mean, there's a reason why WWE picked her to be their head trainer. I mean, she's not just the women's trainer either. She's one of the head trainers.
2: She's awesome. She deserves every ounce of it too. Of she works so hard. She she lives it, breathes mm-hmm. it. So
1: I was yeah. I, I actually when I did some extra work for WWE, I was like, I don't remember there was other girls there, but I don't know if I knew who the girls were. So I was just kind of sitting alone by myself, like just chilling outside of um outside of catering. And she walked by and she's like, Stephanie? And I was like, Sarah? I didn't know she was traveling at that time, but she was actually doing some producing too of of some of the matches on TV. And I was like I'm so excited. Like, I was like, I totally didn't expect to see her. And then, of course, because I'm like right outside of catering and everybody sees me talking to Sarah. So people are like, the people who don't know me there were like, who is this girl talking to Sarah? Like, do we know who that is? Exactly. You love it when that happens. You're like, oh,
2: yeah, no, never mind. I'm just here for extra work, guys. Yeah. It's. Man, she's she's a genius. Mm-hmm. She really is. I I feel uh, my last match was actually the ten year anniversary. It was like December something of 2010, whatever. But it was a mm-hmm. uh, it's it's on YouTube and it was my uh I was me and Sarita Sarah Stock versus the beautiful. Too. The I'm sorry.
1: I love her too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah,
2: and um we were tagging together and we were heels, but we had been feuding. Like my last time I had there been there months prior, whatever it was, and I'm still concussed. So I, I honestly, they said they they weren't gonna renew my contract because of my physique because I got fat. Unless I was like, well, because I got a concussion in June, and yeah. I'm trying to get, you know, I can't can't do anything. Um, but so they said, well, we're gonna do a week of taping. So was it was gonna be the first week of December, and the first night was that match. And I said, well, we gotta watch my head. And they're like, well, okay, we'll protect you. I just watched it again the other day. And uh, I I'll, 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 I, all come in for the heat, and I do a couple things. And at the end, I take the whole comeback, and I take the pin.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it took to me taking me until like, I was kind of like out of wrestling to kind of realize that. Like, it doesn't really matter. It's just an imagine. It does matter if you win or lose.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: it does. Definitely. It does. That, that, well, I, it was ingrained into my brain. When I was being brought up, it doesn't matter if you lose, it's fake, it's fake, Amen. but it, and when I teach my seminars, I say, you fucking sure does, trust me, because once you get pigeonholed into this little category, and you've never, you know, all you do is, then, and, and that's what happened, I feel that that's what happened to me. Yeah, so, but but um, so that match I don't really consider that a match, and you, you can hear the crowd and they're going tag in Daphne and Sarah goes I don't care what you want, <laughs> she, she's trying to heal on the crowd in there, and I'm just going yeah yeah screw you office screw you office I'm about to file a workers' cop claim screw all of you. No, I didn't know it at that point. I was just really irritated. Yeah, and, um, but then but so I consider my last match to be a match I had in Ohio against Delray. Oh, and no. she she she's like I'm just going to do all Kevin Nash offense on you. And I was like, "Hell yeah." <laughs> she got the doing the boom, boom and back, and back. And uh but then she you know, I'm also super bendy, so she was putting me in a lot of like uh holds mm-hmm. and she protected my head so good. And I I think I didn't let go on an inverted we did that spot and on an inverted DDT. I think I didn't quite let go cuz she was like she was like oh, yeah you know, the DDT, and I said, honey, I don't have any business being in the ring. The only reason why I kept the booking is because there was a plane fare attached.
0: Mm-hmm. I said,
2: I don't even want to be out there. Mm-hmm. All my bookings that were local, I canceled them all, and then my contract, then my last match was in December, and then my contract expired in March. But mm-hmm. I never I never set foot in a ring after the match I, where I got right. pinned by Angelina. Angelina pinned me. I think I took Botox injection or whatever that one is. Bites out?
1: I don't know. No, I think she called it the Botox injection, if I, I remember correctly, because I think I've taken that too, the pon- yeah. uh, the uh, bicycle kick. hmm Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that was the last match. But mm-hmm. I consider the one with Del right. It was singles. It was longer. It was very creative. But I, I can watch that, and I can see I don't look like myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- the last six months of 2010, I shouldn't have really been doing anything in hindsight. Right. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't safe. I wasn't safe enough. Let's say.
1: Okay. I
2: didn't. You know, because I get so irritated when I hear people purposely uh, are getting intoxicated or doing things before shows before you perform. I have never done that in my life. It's hard. it's, It's enough pressure to make sure that no one gets injured with a clear head and both being injury-free than it is to put anything in, in place. So I was constantly feeling lightheaded and, you know, going out to the – through the go position and I'm hazy. Like, that's not safe. Right. That's not safe. So – but there's no pro- uh, concussion protocol. So thanks, Chris Zawinski.
1: Yeah, at least there, there's – it's yeah. we'll in the right direction. Whether or not it's perfect, we'll have to see in the future, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, Dad. well, oh. I absolutely love you, and I know oh, I could sit on here and talk to you for, like, three, four hours easily.
0: Oh, yeah. hi, pumpkin.
1: She came. She says, I want to be on the podcast. This is Hazel.
0: Kidding? Hi, she, Hazel. Hazel's a a that's, that's the
2: good witch. And you mean kiss? No. That's the
1: affection I get nowadays. Here you go, honey. You're okay. My dog would do the exact same if I let him come down here. <laughs> <laughs> She's a like said, I could talk to you for hours and even days. In fact, I know we're gonna have a lengthy conversation after I turn this camera off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's do it. Fantastic. You are always welcome on any time. Do you have any it's- sort of uh social media or anything you wanna put over?
2: Yeah, all the, the Twitter and the Instagram and the Snapchat, it's all uh scream queen daff, all one word. And hopefully you know that my name has two Fs. I still get that. I'm the biggest fan, Daphne. D A P H N E. I'm like,
1: oh, Oh, yeah. That's a Scooby Doo. That's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: um,
2: And then I am doing Twitch. Um, I've had the channel for like a couple of years and I just never really did anything with it. Um, But when I see this new doctor and start a new workout regimen, I'm going to be doing DDP yoga on my Twitch channel. So, because I'm not a big gamer. Yeah, um, I played the simple ones, but um, so that that and then I start back college on the uh, I'm getting yeah. my second. I didn't like that. Yeah, that's I'm getting my awesome. second. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say that's I looked. I was like, okay. So that's one of the reasons why I took the seminar is because I'm saving up trying to pay for tuition for college. All my credits transferred except like I'm I'm like a midway through my junior year, okay. so I have a year and a half. So I've got to come up with the money for the tuition and stuff, and right, right now I'm doing student loans, but I'm getting my degree in human services, and I want to, like, be a patient advocate, and I want to have a concentration in mental illness
1: because of all
2: the experience I have with that.
1: Thanks. That's, yeah, that's perfect for somebody like you who's already gone through so much of an experience, and if you can make somebody else's experience that much better, it's totally worth it.
2: Yeah, and so I thought, you know, I'll do that. So my Twitch channel will be – I'm going to be having it all scheduled out where this is what I'm studying. Here's where we take a break and we stream a, you know, uh, a workout session or whatever. So um, I've got it all set up, but I just haven't activated it yet or anything. We're trying to get – to finish the enrollment of school. Mm -hmm. It's like 99% done. I have to have one more thing, and then I can log into this portal and then I have eight hours of orientation to watch.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. So,
2: yeah. But I think it's going to be worth it. If, since I don't have that long left, it should be okay. So, but my Twitch ch- channel is just Daphne Unger. Okay. So, um, but everything else is that. And my Etsy store is Daphne Unger. And that'll be open up in a couple of weeks. And all the proceeds for that go sc- to school for me as well.
0: Awesome. All right, Daphne, hey. thank you so All much
1: right. for joining me. And like I said, invitations always open to come discuss more. And I mean, like I said, there's so many different subjects we could do a podcast about. No, I know, I know, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time.
0: Right. Bye. Thank you. Hey, this is a total package, Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. <laughs> In the room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stroh Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know, and Ray there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then, and then uh, I'm nothing get in the Nothing Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. Who cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the... Iraqi war. Everybody loves granny. Wow. Yeah, see a lot of people don't know that. Yes, sir. You guys are <laughs> busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at nine thirty Eastern time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the travel and sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cotney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with blu Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th, featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventsbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and Showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grave. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Blu ray 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Steins of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs nah, here, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. Cause it's about to get nasty all around and up on his mama. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.